Today's episode is presented by Coaching U Plus. As you've probably seen, Coaching U Plus is our newest offering for coaches that puts our entire video database at your fingertips with our web platform and mobile apps. Subscription packages start at just $9.99 per month and gives you access to every video from our events over the years, including coaches like Doc Rivers, Eric Spolstra, Taylor Jenkins, Willie Green, Nick Nurse, and so many more. You can learn more about Coaching U Plus by clicking the link in the bio or visiting coachinguplus.com. Before we get started today, we wanted to give you a sneak peek inside the platform and show you a clip from Billy Donovan's presentation from this summer's Coaching U Live VIP experience in Las Vegas. This message is so relevant to coaches at all levels. Take a look and listen for yourself. We all, as coaches, have to accept the fact that mental health is a real problem in our country. And it is a real problem inside all of our teams. And I've always been a big believer that an individual player, a team, cannot perform its best if it's not in a really, really good place mentally. I really started to get more in tuned with a lot of these issues and probably going back to when I was at Florida um, I had a really unique team I had a team coming back in 2014 um, that was completely divided right from day one I had a group of guys that were not doing the right things off the court that was leading into some disciplinary issues. Those disciplinary issues led into them not even being able to play some games and being suspended. I had another group of guys on that team that were complete model citizens, showed up to every class, did all the things they were supposed to do, but they didn't compete in between the lines. The guys that were having some issues off the court were the best competitors. And both factions of groups just did not get along at all. And there was a lot of dissension inside of our team. There was zero chemistry, there was zero cohesiveness, and most importantly, there was not a respect for one another. The way they viewed each other was the group that lined up and played hard all the time in between the lines didn't respect that those other guys didn't compete hard enough. And the guys who were making poor choices off the court lost the respect of the guys that were doing it. And one thing happened that really, really opened my eyes up through this process was we had some guys that got suspended for violation of team rules, violation of... of, of to be honest with you, the NCA rules. They were choices these guys were making. And I spoke to this group of about five or six players and I told them that you guys have a choice to make. We're either gonna sit down and talk about these issues and get them resolved because your individual goals of where you wanna be as a player is not matching up to where and the things that you are doing as a player. So something's off here. And we had some guys that were potential pro, pro players at that point in time. And those players were talking about wanting to play in the NBA, but then they're making these decisions that are getting them suspended. Something was off. So we started to meet, and there was a, a counselor that worked at the University of Florida who had a background in substance abuse, alcohol, family issues, all sorts of issues. And we started to meet. And I was really, as a coach, because some of these guys I had coached for three years, I was really, really embarrassed as a coach because there were things coming out in their personal lives that I had no idea what was going on. And a lot of it was stuff that was going all the way back to their childhood that without question was impacting their performance and impacting them as a teammate. You know, one quick story, I had a player on our team who at 15 years old went to a house party with his brother who was 17 and 
his brother in that party got shot and killed. I knew about that when I recruited him, but what I did not know was that he never ever was able to get any level of peace from what happened because he blamed himself for his brother's death. So he for all these years not getting any help, making a lot of bad choices, not knowing how to cope with this. And I had no idea as a coach of what kind of impact. I knew his brother had passed away, but I had no idea what kind of impact it made on him. So what ended up happening is we started to have some of these conversations. And it actually really freed a lot of these players up from the perspective that there were other people in the room who had gone through some significant life experiences that they had to deal with that they were not athletes, but it made them feel like, you know what, I'm not the only person that's had to go through this. So, so there was a healing process that kind of started to take place. The guys that were doing all the right things off the court that weren't competing kind of asked to come into some of these meetings, and we started to have like these team get-togethers once a week, and it was probably one of the most powerful things that had happened. The thing that was so interesting in doing this is there was a player on, on our team that was an unbelievable kid, both on and off the floor. Great student, great personality, but there was without question, when you watched him play, there was a sports performance anxiety that he was dealing with that he refused to let, let, let out and nobody knew what it was. But the, what happened was in practices and in times we were playing, it, it would lash out in frustration, it would lash out in anger, and he would become a bad teammate, he'd lose his cool, he would really, really, really be almost a guy that would hijack and disrupt practice when he got to that place. So I threw him out of practice one day, and the next day we had one of these meetings again. And one of the players said to him, you and I have had shared lockers together right next to each other. This is our fourth year. And he said, you walked in here yesterday with a bad attitude. You didn't even say hello to me. And there's people outside of the practice facility waiting for us to sign autographs. And you are actually nicer to those people than you are to your own teammates and me. This kind of came out in, in our team setting. And... The guy made a comment that totally made everybody understand what he was dealing with. And he said, you have no idea what it's like to be compared to Dwight Howard every single day of your life and know that you can never reach those expectations. How frustrating that was. And it took the rest of the team to tell him that we accept you for who you are. We accept you for who you are as a player, as a person, and it totally broke the ice. Now the reason I'm telling you this story is because when we started preseason workouts in September, and when we started practice in October, I'm being honest with you, I thought the season was gonna be an absolute disaster, because I just, our team was totally divided. That group, December 3rd, we lost on the road in Yukon on a buzzer beater by uh, Shabazz Napier. That team went on to win 30 straight games. They went over 100 days and never, ever lost a game until the final four. We lost to Yukon again. We went 18-0 in the SEC, and like I said, 30 straight wins all the way to the final four. If those things did not take place, that would have never happened because the group understood who each of them were as individuals. Now, the hard part is, as coaches, with a lot of things in today's generation that these kids are dealing with from social media, okay? You think about college right now, everything that's going on with them being paid for name, image, and likeness, the idea that these guys can now transfer 
anytime they want to. The biggest thing, I think, from a coaching perspective that you got to think about is, one, how do you get your team in the right frame of mind? Because you know what? Right now, as a coach, we all have to accept the responsibility that not only are we coaches, but there's a form of psychology and a, form, a, a, a source of mental health we have to deal with. So I would recommend all you, because we don't have degrees in this stuff, is to really, really seek out somebody that would be willing to meet with your team, willing to even start with you, to talk to you about how do you bring your, 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 your team together. Uh, John Gordon is going to speak after me, and I have used him a ton at Florida with our teams, and we've kept in contact, and we talk about this. We as coaches all love the X's and O's, and the X's and O's are great, and that's what we study, but we've now got to start to deal with what these young people are going through in today's society is totally different than what we probably had to go through 20, 25, 30, 35 years ago. And if you do not get to a place that you can build relationships with your players, you're never going to get the most out of them. And they're never going to reach their potential. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. Our podcast today presented by CoachingYouPlus.com. Our guest today, Kate Lavelle, is an incredible author and speaker. Her two books, Stick Together, and now her new one called Superpower, have just absolutely thrown me into amazement of what you can do with your players. It's a must, I think, for every coach this year to get before you start your season. After this quick timeout to talk to our partners, we'll be back with the great Kate Lavelle. Coaches, are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then Fast Model Sports is the perfect coaching software for you. With FastDraw, build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,500 free plays and drills from our playbank directly to your FastDraw account. Looking for a better way to build your scouting reports and want to include video? With FastScout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. Plus, did you know with the latest updates from Fast Model Sports, you can now include video with your FastScout reports and share with your coaches and staff all within the FastScout mobile app. The combination of FastDraw and FastScout is by far the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team. Over 10,000 high school and youth coaches trust Fast Model Sports products to help their teams reach their goals. To order, go to FastModelSports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any FastDraw or FastScout products. Remember, Go to FastModelSports.com, use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. I'm so excited to announce our new partner, Instat. Instat is a powerful web-based platform which enables you to store, edit, and share video linked to statistics. Their video database contains over 30,000 player profiles and nearly 7,000 team profiles. Thousands of basketball games from all over the world are uploaded daily, with many of them filmed exclusively by Instat. Instat's user-friendly interface is very intuitive. The flexible filtering system will fit the needs of coaches at all levels. You can sort through specific play types, locations on the court, lineups, and various other parameters. The Instat system contains multiple tools that clients from all over the world utilize for scouting, recruiting, coaching and player development, video editing, and tagging. They also take an individual approach to each client. The wide network of Instat account representatives allow Instat to best serve their clients 24-7. Also, Instat production specialists will provide you with a quick and precise breakdowns of your team and opponents in less than 10 hours. Need a certain game ready sooner? Instat gives you the ability to prioritize the specific games you want the data for first. 
Instat also provides free individual player access. So feel free to invite your players to the Instat platform so they can access their page, follow their performance, scout opponents, and share clips with other players and coaches. After each game, they can receive an individual one-page PDF report and video clips with all box score statistics. For more details, please visit instatsport.com forward slash basketball. Again, that is instatsport.com forward slash basketball. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that you that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in for to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Kate Lavelle, so excited for you to come back and visit us after our last session when you and John Gordon talked about your new book, Then Sticking Together. Last week, as I called you and I told you that your book, Superpower, is as good as anything I've read this year, which really pissed John Gordon off. But, uh, (laughs) you know, the thing I'm always amazed at, you know, being a former coach, um, you know, first of all, your talent to be able to write a fable you know, I'm totally in awe of, but you were a lacrosse coach, but you've written a book on basketball with sticking together and now soccer, you know, with superpower. How do you, how does that come together for you? How does, how do you come up with that? That is a great question. And I have, it's not the first time I've heard, what did you coach? You wrote yeah. a basketball and a soccer book. Uh, you know, part of the reason I don't write about lacrosse is because it's still such a, up and coming sport. There are still people who um, aren't exactly sure what it is. And I have kind of a running joke with some of my friends that I I was a collegiate fishing coach because I've had people ask me if that's a fishing net when I'm holding the lacrosse stick. And I don't know what kind of fish you could catch with that, but I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm a collegiate fishing coach. Uh, (laughs) But I coach uh, basketball and soccer. I played soccer in high school for a very good high school team. I wasn't one of the good players, but I was on a very good high school team. I was the muscle. They sent me in because they knew if I got carted out, they didn't care, but I could take some people out, you know, in the way. And, um, and I love basketball. My kids all played basketball. So, uh, you know, it was just, for me, I was always breaking down the game, you know, less the strategy and the higher level stuff and more of, you know, how do we get people to kids to embrace this skill to get into embrace the fundamentals, which, you know, we need at every age. So I had enough of a background in it. And I watched so much sports that uh, it was it wasn't too difficult for me to to write about some different sports and not confuse people with with the lacrosse part. So every book that uh, something I learned from one of my coaching partners, the great Hall of Famer Chuck Daly, was he he told me when he read a book, it didn't matter what the book was, whether it was a business book or anything. He said, Brendan, remember every book that you read, it's a coaching book. And that's what I've done now over the last 10, 12 years is every book I read, what does it do for me? And when I read Superpower, it came together for me, probably because more importantly, the 
the age and what, what's going on in the world right now. Why'd you write this book from your standpoint? Yeah, there were a couple things that came together uh, for how for how I started it and and where the direction that I went with it. But you know, it, it does tie in with stick together, and stick together is all about uh, you know embracing how you can be the best teammate and the and the principles you can focus on. And superpower is all about getting that confidence to be yourself so that you can become that teammate uh, or that leader. And there, I noticed from a coaching standpoint that one of the biggest hurdles I had was not teaching skill. The, one of the biggest hurdles I had was actually getting athletes to be confident enough uh, or to not be so in their head. We know that the mental game is so important, but even outside of sports, uh, you know, the, the things that we go for, what we believe that our limits are, uh, whether or not we believe we're worthy and watching these kids, and I say kids means anyone younger than me at this point, um, who are looking at social media and it, it's just a game of comparison. It's a losing game of comparison out there. And how do we re-embrace everything that makes us different? And I don't think I know anybody who hasn't, even the most confident people who hasn't looked in the mirror or, you know, reflected on themselves and thought, man, I'm not, I'm not good enough, or I, I fall short in this area and let that hold them back. And I wanted to put something out there that was simple that any age could read or we could re-embrace the magic, you know, that those things that make us different, our superpower. So I told a head coaching friend of mine last week after I read the book, I told me, I want you to read this and tell me what you think. And he says, will it be good enough for me as a college coach? I said, I think it, my opinion, it works if you're a high school coach, a college coach or an NFL or NBA coach. I mean, but more importantly, if you're a parent or a teacher, you know, any leadership position, because it's about, I always used to say, I've never coached basketball, I coach people. And and this is all, and, and I don't care what subject you teach in school, whether you're a history teacher or whatever, your character, your main character, Mr. E, he didn't coach a subject. He coached the young people that were walking into his room so that they could learn to be their best. And so I think the way you put the characters together really made for the book. So when you, you had, in my opinion, a few main characters, if you would describe them and name them for us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the story's being told by Trent. And Trent is the soccer coach. He is Coach Inimitable, Mr. Inimitable. Um, and that's not his real name, but that is the name that he's taken on. So um, you're really learning through his eyes. And he's telling his soccer team all about his journey as a kid and the struggles that he had. And I think this just relates to so many people who are going to read the book. You know, he changed schools a lot. He got picked on for some things that, you know, kind of stood out in the way he looked and and so he decides he wants to be the most ordinary kid, you know, in school and try to go under the radar and hopefully disappear. And he thinks that's going to make him happy. And so he ends up at a school with Mr. E, which also sounds like mystery when you when you sound it out. And mystery oh. is an enigma, yes. right? He loves mysteries and he loves puzzles and he loves anything that's different, and unique. And he um, he's the teacher who brings all these kids in and teaches them that, you know what? learning about each other is like the best riddle ever and learning about yourself is an incredible journey and let's celebrate it. And he just changes the way that they look at life and the way that they look at connecting. And then we have um, his sister, Trent's sister growing up, who is just kind of this carefree, uh, whoever she wants to be and feels very confident in herself and has some struggles as well in the story. But you know, those are the main main characters going through the book. And um, and then a couple of the kids on the soccer team that are listening to the story that kind of find their transformation as well, along with the reader as they go through the story. You know, uh, did this, you know, because I always love to know, how did the idea of this come about? I mean, was there something that happened to your kids, uh, a team that you were working with that gave you this idea? Because this is something I saw in the pandemic where the anxiety that was overwhelming kids and, ch you know, I always say change is great unless, you know, you, you go first, you know, no one, it's fine for everyone else, except when it's you. 
uh, you know, and this poor kid, like a friend of mine who moved his family five straight years as a coach and his kids are the two most happy and normal kids, but they went through a lot of stuff in changing schools. So how did this come about that this book spoke to you? Uh, you know, it was really when I learned, uh, first of all, I had to learn the word inimitable, which is I very loved difficult. it. I was flattered is, that you said I was inimitable and I didn't know what the hell it was, but I'm very proud of it today. <laughs> People don't know if I'm saying something good or bad, but yes, yeah, being inimitable is the superpower, right? And uh, I, when I heard this word from, from my buddy, by the way, Trent, his name is Trent. So this is the original Mr. Inimitable. And of course, his story is in the book. And he said, man, I learned this word and it was in the, um, in the, play Hamilton, you know, is in that show and there's a song and he sings, I am inimitable. And I said, what the heck does that mean? And, you know, if you sound it out, it kind of makes sense, but it's to be so good, unusual, that is unable to be copied. No one can copy me, but in a good way. Right. I like that part. It's, um, you know, incredibly unique. And when I learned that word, I was like, I have to do something with this because yep how much of my life and how much of my athletes' lives have I watched people and experienced myself trying to fit in, feeling like the round peg in a square hole, and instead of embracing that, beating myself up and trying to shove myself into that slot, you know? And I think that's what we do so often. And I was like, I need to do something, but I want to tell it through the eyes of um, someone who is developing. I don't want to tell it through the eyes through, through an adult because I think adults are going to be able to look back and say, I still recognize this feeling and be able to watch somebody journey through and maybe make up for that authority figure, teacher, parent, whatever, who didn't help them embrace, who maybe reinforced the idea, we need to meet the expectations or you know the ideas of society or whatever it is, um, and didn't get the opportunity to be encouraged. I want to give everybody Mr. E um, in their lives and help them transform as well. You know, does everybody, and, and this is a question I ask, I have my own opinion, but does everybody in your opinion have a superpower? I think that we all have a superpower. I don't believe that everyone has the ability, the know-how, um, you know, or uh, the awareness to access it. You know, we are all unique. Everybody's fingerprint is completely unique. And there isn't a single person on this planet who has had the same life experiences as you, who's had the same lessons, the same authority figures, the same perceptions, you know, the same personalities. There's there's no way that you could line up everything in your life that's developed who you are and match it with somebody else. So we are all inimitable. We all bring something to the table. But so often we cannot let ourselves be free to share it, or we don't believe that it's good enough or that it's going to make an impact. And so we hold it back and we give ourselves these limitations. And that's why belief is really a big theme running through the book. When uh, you, uh, the thing that I thought was so good, because this is really a teaching book, you put in some really good exercises and stuff that I thought were just the kind of questions that if you asked your students or players, you get them to talk to each other. You get to find out what makes them special in their own way or unique. Uh, can you share some of those with us? I mean, because I think it's fantastic. You know, I think that makes the, the whole thing, the lesson. Yeah. You know, I, as I was in, um, you know, I was in Minneapolis over the last couple of years and there's been so much going on in that city. And, um, and that's, you know, where I met Trent as well, who's a coach in North Minneapolis. And, um, and, you know, I got to see firsthand the same thing that everybody is seeing on all the social media platforms and even just family gatherings where we just can't seem to um, agree and we can't seem to figure out how to disagree. And instead of asking each other, you know, not just what's your opinion, or maybe not asking, just getting their opinion. We're not asking what is the experience in your life that led you to that opinion so that we can actually grow our perspective and our reality to see a more multidimensional picture of the world. And so um, these exercises are all about helping teach people how to grow perspective. And it's great if we can teach it when they're young, but if we can teach it now, that's awesome too. So um, one of the activities is the perspective game. And that is where you have a group and they have some index cards, and each index card has a subject. And we start off with really easy on the surface. This is like training to uh, have 
different opinions and be okay with it. So, Got it. you know, for example, do you like roller coasters? And you might say no. And I will say, okay, well, t- share the experience for why you don't like roller coasters. And then you might tell me some awful story about the person getting sick or something next to you. And then <laughs> the next person is like, I love roller coasters. You know, I went on the Yeti, you know, 4 million times and it was great. And, um, and so everyone's sharing their experience so that you may not agree with, hey, I still don't like roller coasters, but I can see why you do. That makes sense. Um, and then you slowly go into harder topics. What's your experience with this? What opinion did it form? And not only do you learn how to share perspectives and experiences and opinions better, but you also connect on a much deeper level by understanding uh, the other people in your group. And we're talking about like stick together and building stronger teams. How do you connect if you can't first learn how to share and you know walk in somebody else's shoes and really embrace that and then celebrate it? Celebrate that they bring that new perspective because now your world is so much bigger. Give me, uh, if you would, some other examples because I, I was fascinated by this and I and I just when I was reading this, Kate, I, I'm saying to myself, uh, wh- you know, whether I'm coaching a college team or a high school team, I I would I would do these with these players because what I found is that a lot of kids. They, first of all, we always say, you know, when, you know, you really value when someone as a person, when I know the coach or teacher cares about me and it's easy to say, oh, I really care about my players, but then you don't know anything about them. And now the more I can find out about them, the better it is. So give me some of the other things that you talk about questions, because I love that exercise. Yeah, uh, a couple of there were a couple more on perspective, you know, and this is just very simple, um, you know, as, as simple as putting a giant six, you know, in chalk on a sidewalk and having some, you know, people from all different sides of it run over as fast as they can, see what it is and come back and write it down. And then you, what you find is what's a very simple uh, exercise People are coming back and some are saying it's a six and some are saying it's a nine. And and so, you know, what we realize is you could stand on either side and yell at each other all day and the argument would never end. Or you can invite them. Hey, could you come over to my side and see what I see so that it makes sense and you understand, oh, that's what you saw. Um, And so there's a lot of activities in there on perspective. There's ones where you identify ways that you're alike because you know, let's be honest, the reason we form groups like a running club or we play basketball is because we enjoy that same activity. That brings us together as a group. It doesn't make us a team. You know, what makes us a team is where we add value. We each add value and we contribute. Contribution is how you become a part of the outcome. If you don't contribute, you were never really a part of it. And you can't contribute. If you're contributing the exact same thing that the person next to you is contributing in the exact same way, it's not really a contribution. No one's going to miss you if you're gone. You have to figure out where you add something unique. So figure out where you're alike. That's great. But then explore what ways are you also unique and different and how does that change what you can contribute and, and where does that add value? And that just, it breeds things like appreciation for the unique things that someone brings to the team that you would miss if they were gone. And how can we direct this to make us unmatchable to other teams, You know, whether it's business or sports? So any of those kind of activities that are going to help you to develop kind of that unique part of yourself is, is going to strengthen the team if you're in an environment that celebrates it. Kate, from a creative standpoint, the titles of each chapter, they kind of, when I read them before I start reading the chapter, I said, what the hell is she talking about a giraffe for? And, you know, but then all of a sudden you read it and you go, aha, you know, so how does that all come about? I mean, I, I know that's your creative self, but I mean, it made it fun to read, which is one of the things of making people continue to read is to be, have fun reading it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The chapters were, well, it made it fun to write. So yeah. um, <laughs> my goal is also to enjoy the writing part, but that was, um, you know, just kind of deciding where it was going to go um, to make sure that I, I followed that transformation along as, you know, when we when we write books, at least for me, uh, I transform as I write it, and I tend to really dig deep and uh, and reflect on my own experiences and learning. And I, a lot of times, I end up connecting the dots while I'm writing it, and I wow. end up growing through that experience. But um, you know, 
the giraffe thing is that was really fun. And, you know, giraffe was such just a random animal. I don't even remember where I picked it up, but I've been <laughs> using that for years. And I was like, this really? is going in the book um, because the idea that um, that our belief is really what shapes who we are is so key. And when I'm working with athletes or business owners, consulting, anything, we go right to belief because belief determines our reality. It determines our limits, all of these things. And so if I tell you that you're turning into a giraffe right now, I'm pretty sure you're not going to go run to the mirror, you know, double check and be like, oh, my neck's getting longer. I see spots, you know, and I don't, you're not going to be worried that I'm telling you, you look like a giraffe because you know, you're not. But if I tell you something that you already have a doubt on, if I tell you, you know, this podcast platform isn't very good, you know, you might be like, wait a minute, why would she say that? You'd probably be like, oh, she doesn't know. But if I'm telling you something that you already have a doubt or a fear of, that is where you start to question it. And the really powerful thing is that that means that you control what your limits are and who you are. It was never the opinions of others to begin with. Because you didn't doubt it when I told you you were a giraffe. You only doubt it when I tell you something that you connect with. So that means that if I don't believe it, or if I don't doubt it, no one can touch it. If I don't have any doubts, reservations, or fears whatsoever, if I know who I am with the same conviction that I know that I am not a giraffe, nobody can impact the way that I see myself and my future and nobody can touch my limits. And when you can empower yourself that much, you're unstoppable. And when you can give that power to a team, they're also unstoppable. And you, you get rid of those, those head games and the drama and all the things that come in and throw your game off. You know, when you use the, um, the whole idea of it being a, you know, a school and then the way, you know, the different lessons that the, that Mr. E would teach the idea then of going on field trips or when he went to the museum, I'm saying what the, and then it's not the museum that we normally go to on a field trip. It's this museum out in the countryside with this <laughs> kind of wacky guy inside of it. But man, the lessons that were learned inside that museum were better than any of the ones you see in New York city, my opinion, you know, as far as for life. Uh, and I love the way that you put it, the thing on Einstein and then on, you know, I, I just thought was, wow. I mean, to me, oh, I remember reading that way, way back, but I said that share that because I think it's so important, uh, for our listeners to understand, you know, when you hear about Einstein, you always say, oh, that's the smartest man in the world. But then the story that comes with it by the teacher in the museum, I thought was priceless. Yeah, you know, we forget or some of, you know, maybe didn't even learn that that Einstein was considered to be not very bright, which seems, you know, as a child, which seems absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, one of the reasons I connected so much with this is that um, my oldest son, who is amazing, like a, you know, straight A college student getting ready to graduate and um, played played sports and played college lacrosse, um, was on, you know, he's on the autistic spectrum, I guess. And, and as a kid, you know, and he does great now and you, and you'd never know, but as a kid, he really didn't talk until he was about five other than a few wow. words. We had hard, you know, we had a hard time communicating and, you know, learning that Einstein was that same way. And, and my son is so bright, you know, very, very smart, high IQ. And, and, you know, we just forget that there people overcome these incredible challenges. So it's one thing to have this amazing accomplishment, you know, and Einstein, you know, who came up with some pretty amazing theories um, and he was considered not bright. And what, part of the reason that he's so inimitable in his impact is that he had to overcome so much in order to go where he went. So it's, um, you know, that's the Museum of Inimitable History. Stevie Wonder, we talked about that as well. Uh, his incredible accomplishments, but doing it where he can't even see the piano. He's doing everything by ear and by touch. And I, I'm a piano player and uh, wow. you know, closing my eyes and trying to play. Um, I'm good as long as I don't leave, you know, middle C. <laughs> but you know, I can't even imagine, uh, you know, how we did that. But just the things that we think of as flaws are the things that make us so incredible and so great. Um, but I, I think you know, it's really important that people understand that 
there are things in our personalities, there are things in our skill sets, you know, especially as an athlete where we can improve. We don't want to just say, oh, I'm not very good at this. That makes me inimitable. That's that's not the message here. The message is that the things that you think could hold you back are the things that add all the color. But we're still always developing, moving forward, becoming the best that we can be. And we're not allowing you know, whatever it is that we think makes us different to become a crutch or to become our limitation. You know, they become part of what makes us who we are. You know, uh, you and I discussed uh, before we did this uh, that I, I thought the the pandemic, you know, which in my lifetime, there's nothing that even rivals it as far as the way it's disrupted life. I mean, for me. Uh, and I've seen a lot and, uh, you know, I was a college student during Vietnam and all the, and then the nine 11, I mean, we, I've seen a bunch, but nothing compared to this as far as the way it affected my, not just our country, but the world. And I think we're not even going to know for years, the damage that's done to the kids of school age, but I think it's really severely damaged a lot of them, uh, basically from missing social interaction and, we saw the difference. Your book highlighted to me just the idea of, you know, going into a classroom with this kid with all these fears, lack of confidence, and this this teacher, Mr. E, just brought everything about him to the way that he walks out of there now, a changed kid, that now he, in my opinion, this is very dramatic, he was saved. Whereas if he never has Mr. E, he's not saved. Yeah. He could be a, you know, he could really turn, it could turn bad for him. And I think <clears throat> as a coach and myself as a coach and the thousands and thousands of people that listen to our Coaching You podcast, I think that coaches slash teachers are the most impactful kids, p- person in a kid's life. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I want to stress, the importance of your book of sure how it changed the kid's life, but what great coaching and teaching can do can save a child's life and impact them that they'll never forget. And I'm sure if I said to you, who's the most impactful person, my most impactful person was a high school teacher, coach of mine. And, you know, and I've gone on to 50 years of coaching before I knew I wanted to be a coach. Right. And I think I'm just one of hundreds of thousands of millions that have been affected, millions that have been affected by teachers and, and stuff. Your thoughts on that? You know, every kid who, um, you know, every athlete, every student, uh, every, if you're a business leader, every employee, you know, that walks through your door, um, they may not, you know, be struggling as much as Trent, but I would say that every single one of them is struggling to a degree uh, with that lack of confidence, with that fear, uh, with that kind of holding back, not being sure if they can really be their true selves, if they're going to be accepted, um, you know, that we're in an age where we want likes and validation all from the outside. And we have a hard time really just deciding who we are and living intentionally. I think that's a big goal of mine is get people back to living intentionally. We have this incredible power and, you know, we go to bed every single night, I will say with, with our pockets full or our pockets empty, either all day we were handing out all of the free things that we have, the encouragement and, um, you know, just love and care and, and, you know, providing that, um, the, all those needs to the people that we come across and whether we know them or not, and we can go to bed and we can forget to have given that out, or we can intentionally wake up and say, I have this resource today and I'm going to intentionally hand this out to the people that I come across and connect with. Um, and you're, you're right. Some of these kids are going to come in and they're going to need a Mr. E and they're not going to get it. And what they're going to get is a reinforcement of all of the fears. And imagine the opposite. If all those kids, you know, as you see in the story, the rest of the class starts to become comfortable sharing and becoming their inimitable selves because it's contagious because there's something that says, well, if you're being yourself, I'm comfortable being myself. It's just like this permission that allows everyone to relax. So we can create that environment or we can create the other environment where it's, you know, we just kind of keep that stuff to the side. You know, old school coaching was leave that stuff at the door, right? right? Leave that stuff at the door. Don't bring it in. Here's my level. Here's your level. 
leave it at your level and leave it on the outside. We're here to focus on sports. And what we know now is that if you want a unified team, it's a competitive advantage for your players or your um, people on your business team to be connected at the deepest level, because that's when they fight for each other instead of against each other. So just as coaches and as leaders, we have a duty to create this environment and it's life-changing. Why do you lead? Do you lead because you love seeing the posture change? Or are you leading for power? If you're leading because you love the posture change, then every single person that comes in that door needs that reinforcement um, that they can be themselves. Kate, uh, you know, your your business partner, uh, John Gordon, uh, for 15 years, we've been dear friends. And he's I, 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 I say he's the most influential person in coaching. Uh, that I've come across in the last 15 years. He's changed the way people coach and you're part of that. Um, Every day when you go to work, you have a chance to change the world. And I thank you for that, you know, and, and I thank John for what he's done, but uh, you know, coaches, the old style coaching, you got to leave that at the door. It's no more. It's no more. It's about love. It's about positivity it's about nurturing and all that things. And I think that's what you bring to the table. And I think you have such a great message and I think, you know, everyone needs it. I'm thrilled that, uh, that we're able to do this because, uh, every coach that listens to this and we have them from all over the world in 200 countries that listen to our podcast. I don't care, you know, if you're in the middle East or if you're in Europe or Asia, you know, we have them from Australia, Canada, the Philippines, it doesn't matter. I mean, whether you're a high school coach in, you know, Southwest Texas, kids are kids, coaching is coaching, no matter the sport. And I just think the superpower that you think is one of the most important things I've come across in years. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I just, I want to reiterate, and I try to say this as much as possible because there is still a large amount of people who think that this coaching with love and this this style of coaching being positive is very soft. And, you know, I would challenge any coach, you know, I, I wrote Confessions of an Imperfect Coach based on my transformation. And if you try to be positive when everything in your head is saying, I want to scream, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. If you think it is easy or soft to channel that into a way that will actually make your athlete better, make them more motivated, connect your team better. If you think that's soft, try it because it's not easy and it's not about blowing smoke. It's not about telling people, hey, you're doing great when you're not. It's about feeding them what they need with belief. You know, yes, we aren't where we need to be. You're not bringing what you need to bring. However, you're here for a reason. I know what you're capable of. My job is to help get you there. What can I do to get you back there? You know, what are you willing to do? And, you know, I know that you're better. And by the way, our team is better when you bring 100%. In fact, our team will never reach full potential without your 100%. That's how valuable you are. And so we're going to get you there, but you're not there right now. And it's all about accountability with love. And it's, I, I believe in you message. And it's so, it changed my entire experience of coaching. I finally loved coaching and it was, so fulfilling. It was so fulfilling. Win or lose, and I am competitive. Um, but I will tell you that we won more. We absolutely won more with this approach, and the players adopted it. And I, I led it, but eventually I would sit on the sideline and watch them come together and do it for each other. I didn't have to call them over to the sideline anymore. They were doing it, uh, and it was powerful. And they indoctrinated the new, the freshmen coming in every year. Um, and it was all I had to do was maintain it and keep it going. So it, it is a huge advantage, but it's not soft. Oh, I know. Uh, one of two, I'm going to share this. Two of my people that I coach are now NBA coaches. And one of them at the time was a college coach. And he was one of those college coaches that would scream curse at his players left and right. And then as I finished watching him practice one day, he said, and let's get together. And they said, they said the Lord's prayer. And I said to them somehow that didn't fit with what I watched uh, during the thing. And, and I said to him, uh, you're going, and I had already coached for 20 something years in the NBA, 30 years. And I, and I said to him, that's not the way to coach to get the most out of kids. And he said, oh, you're, you're trying to make me a soft coach. And I said, uh, well, I want you to go home then and practice what you did today on your four children and your wife. Tell me how that goes. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and then the great Doc Rivers, who's a great friend of John's, uh, you know, 
uh, one of the best things he ever said at one of our events was he said, he said he learned coaching his son that every coach in, in the world should coach every one of their players like it's their own son or daughter and it'll yeah. change them for the better. So Kate, I think uh, your superpower is, uh, is really, it's, it's life-changing for those of us in the business. And uh, I'm so thrilled. Kate, when, where should, can coaches get this book easiest? Cause we're not very smart. So where can we get this book the easiest? Uh, the easiest way is really uh, Amazon um, is always easy, especially if you have Prime. Uh, get it nice and fast. If you want to get a whole bunch of them, Porchlight Books uh, has got a great deal on those. Um, so you, porchlightbooks.com, so you can buy them in bulk on there. Otherwise, anywhere books are sold, you can you can pick them up. And if and if companies, uh, businesses, or teams would like to have you come in and speak to their uh, to their team, how best for them to get a hold of you? Absolutely. Um, the easiest way is just email me, Kate at katelavelle.com. Uh, so they can shoot me an email. And, um, and I, you know, if you don't mind, I want to, I want to pass along this question that I always ask coaches. Please. Uh, all right. So this is my, my, um, you know, what I like to leave coaches with when I'm done talking with them is, uh, why do I still lead? Which I, they've probably heard that question before, but why do I still lead? Um, what is it that makes me keep going? Because it's hard. So what keeps us going? But the last one is, is coaching still bringing out the best in me? Uh, and I think that is a, just a really important question. Is coaching bringing out the best in me or is coaching bringing out the me that goes home grouchy, that wakes up you know, frustrated? And how can I get back to where coaching is bringing out the best in me? Because that is vital to um, providing to our athletes exactly what they need to thrive and become um, the adults and phenomenal athletes, parents, uh, you know, people in society that we need. <clears throat> and if the answer is not what you said, then get out of coaching. Because yeah, you're, you're ended up, it's time to change. It's time yeah, to change. Absolutely. You know, I, I totally agree. And it's something to ask yourself often, you know. Uh, we always want our players to be coachable, but I always ask coaches, are you coachable? Yeah. yeah. You know, and if you and are, then, and if you playing. are, yeah, if you are, then you're going to read this book and learn like I did last week because I've been doing this 50 years and I got better last week when I read this. Kate Lavelle, you are my star. I'm so thankful that you're you're helping coaches all over the world. Thank you again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that.